Oh my stars, I am so thrilled you're here. My name is Kai Graham and welcome to another episode in my podcast, The Parent and Teen Toolbox, which is designed to equip parents and teenagers with the tools for navigating adolescence. I've been in the trenches of parenting and now I'm on a mission to help parents support their teenagers so that together we can build a mentally healthier and happier generation of young people. Each week you will receive learnings and takeaways that will help you tackle the challenges and the oh shit moments that are often associated with parenting tweens and teens. I have your back and I'm glad you're here. Ladies and gents, you are so in for yet another treat today. I have my great friend Sonia Montiel here, who um, I've met some online, dare I say, through a fabulous parenting um, coach group that we've got. But Sonia is um, here for, well, let me just let me just tell you a little bit about her and then we'll, we'll take it from there. She served more than 20 years in the college admissions profession, having extensive experience in the areas of freshmen, transfer, and international admissions. Sonia founded College Confidence in 2002 with a philosophy that college planning must be driven by the teen through reflection, transparency, and accountability, which can only be done with parents who are, wait for it, empathetic, knowledgeable, and patient. She believes that teens are empowered when they understand all of their options after high school through conversations that really begin with being begin with parents and teenagers collectively. So, darling girl, welcome. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Thank you. Thrilled to be here. I really appreciate you inviting me. Thank you so much. Good. I think so. This is um, the the, time of recording. This is you. You were just saying to me in the pre-record in the pre-call that um, your daughter's so literally you've just dropped her back off as sort of second year of college so that that's to sort of give you guys an idea our kids are literally just going back to school now after an unprecedented sort of you know length of time away for many it's been sort of six months away from school university college you know from education so it's new ground for them but interestingly enough it's also new ground for us as parents and so you you were saying um that actually the majority of the support you're giving at the minute is on the sort of emotional side so tell me a little bit about that and how how we should be reacting to to this sort of new school chapter, I suppose. Yeah, and um, just to, as a background, I do have a, a daughter starting second year of college. I also have a middle schooler, so I have a eleven year old at home yeah. gearing up for this new middle school experience. And for where I'm at in California, and for much of the state and even the country, most of us are going online, and. The emotional turmoil has really started when COVID hit in January, February. Um, And it's this whole notion of just uncertainty, that we can no longer hold on to these tangible milestones. You know, as parents, we say, oh, if we get here, then we're okay. If we get here, then we're okay. So it was just like the Jenga game where we pulled a block <laughs> from very underneath that game and everything crumbled and we have to rebuild as parents um, and re- help our students redefine, oh, this is what education should be for you. 
Don't hold on to these tangible milestones. I want you now to trust yourself and trust learning because we can, you know, and so that's really the emotional support I've been giving to my students and their parents. It's rebuilding those expectations. And I think that was when, when you and I chatted earlier, I think that was a real light bulb for me is to, to realize that actually there is a difference um, and, you know, between um, education and between learning. And I think a lot of the time, historically, we have looked at the latter a bit, um, maybe just relying on the system to help us out. And then, as you say, the, the Jenga just sort of collapses. And actually, we're, we're all in this together now, aren't we? We sure are. I think more so that village that we speak of, it's like we're desperate to find that village, yes. right? To support yeah. one another. Yeah. And so um, what is it? Because I, I think that the thing is, is that what we find is for many of um, our kids is that some of them sort of struggle. Some of them aren't very sure. Maybe, especially having had this gap from, um, you know, from, from attending school, attending college, attending sort of lots of other things, maybe they don't really want to go into further education. Maybe they want to have a different path and so how do we help our kids if they might I don't know military or, or apprenticeships or stuff like that how do we help them if it's not part of the plan that we were led to believe should be if that makes sense um, yes and I'd like to just scaffold that a little bit because I think that our earlier conversation between learning and schooling it's so much aligned with your philosophy Kai when you said um, it, your recent article but you've done this talk before about the I told you so as a parent is kind of like the lazy way of parenting, right? Yeah. I feel in terms and understand my niche, I work with with teens, 17, 18 year old, years old at the very end of when we feel as parents our job is done, sort of at yes. Dixon. And I'm I'm also talking to this the parents who also also thought they did everything right. And they have this quote unquote high achieving student. They're so motivated and inspired. And in my line of work, even those, even those students feel very lost because we have parented in a way that was easy because schooling, we've accidentally said to our, our children that schooling is part of your identity and not learning. And, it, and I get frustrated with college admissions because we've anchored, oh, what are the requirements to be a high achieving student? Grades, your activities. So we're saying to our kids, you are worthy when you get an A. You are worthy when your resume has this many activities. You yeah. are worthy when college is part of your plan. To me, that's the trick of parenting saying, oh, to motivate my kid, I'm going to use those carrots. Yes. So be ready. But what's happening is when we don't help them define that learning is part of your identity. So it's the growth mindset. Yeah, not the fixed mindset. Those are all yeah. fixed mindsets. Learning, taking grit, uh, taking risks, having the grit and resilience, mm -hmm. being curious, asking questions. That's what parents should be focusing on. And that's when they're really college ready. So that's, that's my first scaffolding level, because then I wanted to address your, like, what if college isn't the path? Yeah, right? I feel that parents, and I always raise this question with parents, why has college been the only option that you presented to your child? 
it's really anchored based on fear. And maybe it's, I don't like, as a parent, I don't like the other options. Because for me and my personal expectations as an adult and how I was parented, those other options are less than. So that's why I won't talk about military, apprenticeship, uh, transfer process, career-oriented goals. And I've created this biased agenda of raising my kid. And so it has nothing to do with the kid and what their talents and interests and paths are. It's everything to do with our own personal expectations and our biases as parents. And it's fear-based mostly. And I, I think you're quite right because I am... Um... I, I my my dad so wanted to go to college. He so wanted to go to university, and his dad sort of I'll, I'll say guided him um, into working for the family business, which dad sort of you know sort of I, I suppose relented and regretted. I think until his dying day. And so always said to my brother and I, education is everything. You have got to go to university. You have got to go. And the thing is, is that, yeah, we sort of did it because we knew that he had our best interests, air quote, um, at heart. But it was a path that we were sort of led down a bit without really being asked, is this okay by you? And I think that's the thing is that, yes, as you said, that so many parents are, are sort of led by their own agenda from a fear-based point of view. And, and I hand on heart appreciate that because with the best of intentions, my dad was trying to give me something that he never got, but never stopped to say, I don't think, is this what you want? And I think now, especially our kids... Um, and whether or not it's it's just a change of the times, isn't it? Is that we are able to our kids have more choice? One hopes. Well, and that's empowering for and, and you know we, we have to understand because you know I think that many I'm going to call it our generation kind. Yes, <laughs> that was the messaging. Um, college and it, there's research. Okay, so there is research showing this greater level of success in terms of income, level of happiness, yeah. etc. But our teens, the, our children are raised in a very different world and asking the why question, why do you want to pursue this? How will you engage in this path? What choices, you know, what other choices do you have is what our teens crave because in the world of information technology, that is what they've been raised with choices. Yes. Um, and if I could share my, my personal story with my firstborn, so Bella, who's start, starting her second year of college, Many assume like, oh, Sonia, you, you're the college counselor, so you must have one of those incredibly high-achieving go-getter, you know, um, children. And Bella was not. Bella was her own sense of self ever since she was born. She was laid back. She was calm. She wasn't competitive. She didn't really care about, oh, I have to have all these activities and these grades. And interesting enough, even... Because again, I was brought up by a German father, a Filipino mother, first generation, college, college, college was part of my own agenda. And when she was a sophomore in high school, I was starting to push and saying, ooh, in my mind, is it enough? Is she enough? Did she do enough? You know, those are haunting questions as parents, right? Yeah, yeah. When I started to push my agenda on her, this is like the greatest parent, like, sense of humility in terms of lesson 
she stayed very centered. She anchored her roots so deep and said, no, mother, I am who I am. <laughs> I am. And in a, in a most respectful, quiet way, because she wasn't like this drama you know, teenager. She was just like, I hear you, but I am who I am. And in our dance, it was all about me learning who my daughter is. And so I had to take the courage you know, in terms of growth mindset, we can't really teach it unless we practice it as, as adults. Yeah. <laughs> I had to look internally and say, where is my growth mindset? Where's my messaging coming from? And then I got, I had the courage to be open-minded and said, I'm sorry, let's look at all of your options after high school. And she took time and said, I, you know, I am. Because <laughs> that's who she is. <laughs> Join me. <laughs> but I, I invite, I said, will you allow me? Like, can I do over? Can, can I, can I be a mentor to you and help you discover what are all of these options? And it was her agenda where she said, I'm looking at gap year. I'm looking at work. I'm looking at apprenticeship. And it was like three weeks of doing this. And then she came into my room. I will forever remember and said, I've decided mom, I'm going to attend college. But it was not my idea. This was all on her. I've looked at my options of attending college. And so for what society calls like a mediocre student, she has excelled. Her, her admission process was a cakewalk, which was amazing. Completed her applications early, got scholarships for a mediocre GPA. You know, again, mediocre meaning how society would measure her. Yeah. And now she's a second year college student and she's like, I got this. And I'm not, now I'm enjoying the ride, raising a young adult. And, and I think, I, I mean, bravo to her for knowing her own mind. But I think the thing is, is that many kids are a bit like, and parents in fairness, are like rabbits in the headlights because they're not sure, actually, let's face it, especially at the minute, what the options are. I mean, you know, I, I had one young lad and he was sort of going well I took my gap year and COVID put an end to that and I wasn't because I decided not to do a master's for master's sake and he said but now he said what's the point of going into the employment market because it's sort of you know everyone says there's going to be a recession so what do we do for kids when they just don't know what the you know what the future is going to hold I know none of us know what the future is going to hold, but this time it feels a bit sort of slightly, yeah, maybe I don't want to be doom and gloom because I'm an optimist, but it's different to what we expect, isn't it? So how do we guide our kids? It, it is. Yeah. So it's, we can no longer anchor ourselves to, oh, predicting the future. Yeah. And, you know, at the same time, my gosh, the amount of creativity and innovation happening in our world in response to COVID is phenomenal. Yeah. And so the uh, so um in your in my bio I said you know parents you know we have to be empathetic but we also have to be knowledgeable. And we need to work with our students to say well what is out there today that feeds this curiosity and drive that you still have because you may not be able to land the job that you've been planning for but you can still continue to nurture those skills you can understand in terms of where your profession is going. You can add training in terms of virtual training and online courses. Yeah. Um, so there is so much offered to us, but we need to acknowledge, we need to learn. And so I feel like this bubble, I'm hoping it's a bubble, right? <laughs> it's not long term, 
is saying what's available to me now that I can continue to grow and be comp- eventually be competitive for that profession that I'm looking forward to. Yeah, but if you were just to tackle that online or online tool, um, you're going to, I mean, I'll, I can share it. There is so much of innovation and creativity offered to our, both the students and our parents. That's it. And I think, I, I think also it's, it's for parents to have the courage to go, mm, no idea what's going to happen, but let's do this together. Let's walk through and let, you know, let us a bit like your darling daughter did is to sort of assess all the options and work out how they can best suit a future that suits their personality, their lifestyle, their hopes and dreams and everything else. That, you know, I think that's... Asking a question, well, what, what is it that we don't know, but then what is it that we should, that we can know? And I think, again, like the work that you and I do is, Parents, it's professional development and training within ourselves as parents. Yeah. Like if I don't know it, we definitely should not say, oh, well, honey, let's retreat. Let's put our ostrich head in the sand and say, this is COVID. To me, that's a cop out. That's lazy. Right. Yeah. Because, and then we're modeling. We're modeling to our young ones in the home. Like that's how we cope with uncertainty. We'll just hide <laughs> and say we don't know. So, so talking about the younger ones, how is it your daughter? Is it a, a, a daughter you have who's going through? Yes. Yeah, so how how is she sort of coping with all of you know? Obviously, watching her sort of sister sort of you know take take her own path. But how is she sort of coping with what the education system is offering her? You know, sort of in these new times. She's it's so interesting. And you know, I just shared my personal story with Bella and how kind of I did things wrong. I made the mistakes, I landed into the traps. So I got to kind of recover with my 11 year old, because they're eight years different, right? There's an eight year gap. Um, And so basically, the messaging we we have told Gabby from beginning is we don't care about school. Honestly, we don't care about the facilities, the curriculum, we care about everything that you're learning and curious about. Yeah. So it's so interesting to watch her grow and respond to these uncertainties. She spent the whole summer. She's a reader. She loves to write. She picked up a guitar. You'll see the guitar on my wall behind and started YouTubing lessons. And so her initiative, she kind of doesn't care about school either in a way. She's just going with, you know what? I'm loving and enjoying these skills and hobbies. I'm just going to tackle those. And we're just bravo. We're just cheering you on like you go, girl. Yeah. Now with orientation um, is tomorrow. Okay. Um, She's nervous about middle school, but um, she's got resilience and she's like, I'm just going to wing it and go with it. And I, that's the mindset that I, I admire so much. And I, I hope, I just hope because, you know, things can change so quickly, but she's going with it. And that's all that I can expect as her parent. They're lucky to have you as a role model. So, you know, how how can we teach our children that growth mindset? How can we teach them, you know, that resilience, you know, without sort of going, oh, over to you, dear. You know, how how as parents can we guide them and walk that path with them um, without steering them in the direction we want them to go, but also without taking the foot off the pedal too much that they can just sort of run roughshod, you know, and and maybe make the wrong choices. How do we steer them through all that? All the work was on me um, and, yeah. and my partner, so my husband. Yeah. Um, so if I expect 
to have to really raise a child that has a growth mindset. And to me, growth mindset is the seed of all plants. Like, um, then I need to do the work myself. So I, I trained myself and what is growth mindset? So Carol Dweck, um, she's kind of like the founder of the theory. Um, she has this great video, the, that video, it's 10 minutes. It's an animated video. Oh, okay. And it was a slap to my face. Like, Oh, Oh, that I've been using the wrong language. I've been thinking that if I talked about grades and the kinds of courses my daughter's taking, that's going to inspire her. And so all that work was, and, and the, the turning point was, what questions am I asking my child when it comes to her day, when it comes to what she's learning and schooling? Schooling to me was, I have to subtract that agenda completely out of my conversations with my child. And so that's when I, when you, you can ask Gabby like, oh, you know, how does your parents talk about schooling? She's like, oh, they don't they don't talk about schooling. They just want to, they just want to know what I'm curious about. And that's what I feel like, Ooh, I passed as a parent, <laughs> you know? And then when she gets anxious about a certain test, we're like, we don't really care about the test, you know, in terms of what is it that you're struggling with in terms of a topic. So it's really about our, the words that we use as a, as parents, as role models, that that's gearing up the thought process of our children. So again, all that work is we have to take the gen, we need our own jungle puzzle. We have to break it down and start over in a sense. And I do start the work with growth mindset, what that is in terms of parenting, and then what I have to change as a mother in terms of my growth mindset. So, it, to, I mean, to, to all intents and purposes, then, it, the, the, the buck do, does stop with us, doesn't it? We need to become the role model that we that our, our kids need. And um, because at the minute, and, and I'm, I, I think less so, I think it's moving away from, especially since um, there's been a lot of homeschooling and there's been a lot of um, sort of moving away from the classroom. But the, there was a huge amount of emphasis on grades. And I think now um, we're trying to develop a rounded individual again, which is about blimming time, isn't it? So. Because I, I mean, especially with you and your sort of college admissions experience, what is it that the the colleges, the universities, the the other sort of you know post school organisations are looking for that we can nurture in our kids? What what are the qualities that you know our kids will benefit from learning? Then you know, the, I guess it's the transient skills, isn't it, and sort of stuff like that. It is, but you, uh, so, and then let me just say that the, the other trap is many students are raised to get the perfect, you know, scores and test scores. So their academic profile and their number of activities look fantastic. What a heartbreak that they're still being denied by colleges, right? Because college admissions has changed. They are looking for evidence of, and this is the word of this, of the decade engagement. They are saying beyond what you can show us in terms of the, the structure that you followed, the schooling, you know, that you've achieved schooling, how have you engaged in your interest in the community that you're a part of? And in that engagement, what was your contribution as an applicant to your own intellectual curiosity or to the communities that you want to serve, whether it's a sports team, right? If you played a sport, 
were you like, did you part, were you part of uplifting the team or did you just know your position, you know, mastered your position and walked away? Well, that's not a value to high achieving or to competitive colleges. So there is no equation to what makes a competitive applicant. And I'll tell you, I, I always release these high achieving students. Like, you know, I've had students that had a, I don't, you know, the grading system's a little bit different country to country, yeah. but a D grade. D grade is a failing grade uh, for a physics course. But everything else was fantastic, but he didn't do so well in that physics course. has a D on his transcript. That student still was able to get into the University of Pennsylvania, which is one of the Ivy universities, because he was able to show my passion wasn't physics. It was environmental sustainability. And I was creating things and thinking about things that dealt with the protection of our environment. So that's really what it comes down to is within your activities, within the, the, the intellectual engagement, um, show us the contribution you've made. And what you, again, it comes down to curiosity um, and taking initiative and taking some risk, the positive kind. Right? Yes. yes. Positive kind to say, I, you know, no one has done this before, but I've been thinking about this idea. I'm going to take a risk and see what I can do with this idea that no one else has done before. And this this sounds, I mean, to me, it's a sort of, it, it, it's a, a conundrum because what you're saying to one extent is open the doors to let your child dream, open the doors to let them, you know, sort of find interest in the sort of the sustainability, to find interest in other areas To But they still, it's, it's sort of a given that they still need to do the schooling. Um, right. In order to, so, so, I mean, I, I had one child sort of say to me, I, my my head is fit to bursting. He said, in, in the past, it was just a matter of getting the grades and then just, you know, applying, applying, applying. Now you're telling me that the grades are a given, but hang on a minute, I've still got to do them. But now I've got to show you my character. Now I've got to show you my interests. Now I've he said, I, I, I can only just keep my head above water with family, friends and work. But now I've got to do all these other things to show who I am and to prove myself. And when he put it like that, I thought, flip sake we've actually loaded more rather than less onto their plate have we not you know i think that the idea of that and this is the we all look at this kind of upcoming requ- requirements and it is an overwhelming you know um thought to say how, what are we you know and, and yes i mean there's a part of me it's like why are colleges admitting like young scientists already like they're adults already yeah. right they're inventors already they're supposed to learn that during their college years but I, I will just say this, and this is what the work that I do, is that when each in which with each team that works with me, I release them of all those expectations. And I really just focus on what is it that you enjoy? What is it that you struggle with with schooling? I really want to take the burden of some of these extra anxieties and expectations. And what is it called? Peel the onion or thin it out. Yeah. And only design something that belongs to that student. So then it's like, oh, I don't have to do 50 things or we'll just say three things in addition to my courses. This one thing that I can design on my own feeds the engagement and curiosity. And I just have to work on that one thing. Okay. And and I, yes, you know, I have to admit the schooling, the transcripts and grades. Yeah, they're seen. Okay, they're really important. 
Um, so we can't have like a rebel to school apply and get accepted to school to, to college. So there are some skill sets that we the endurance, you know, following the rules that is important. Yeah. Um, but I'll just go back to Bella, my firstborn. You know, she didn't do so well in school. She was average. She got a lot of C grades, B's and C's, right? The average student. She she chose to take AP courses, which are rigorous courses, not because she wanted to look good to college, but she liked how the teachers cared about the students and learning, and she liked how her peers cared about learning. And what that's a decision I'd love any student to take. I want to take rigorous courses because of the culture and what I'm learning, not because it looks good. So it's really trying to thin out all of this noise and burden and looking to my own child. And maybe you do need help. I mean, that's why I, I exist for so long is how do I thin this all out to really focus on just my child and what that's what his strengths are and perhaps uplifting some of the weak, weaker areas. And hence we have the village. Yeah. And, and yes, you're quite right. And, and it's, I guess, allowing that child to be the individual that they can be, that they, they, they need to be. Um, I was going to say, but what happens if they have no idea what they're, where they're heading or what they want to do? But I guess that's where, you're, where you come into your own, isn't it? Is being able to sort of pull that out of someone to find out, to help them work out where they're heading. Yeah, I always I use the word major. Like, what do you want to major in? As a yeah. like, that's a bad. It's a bad word. I don't like using that because, come on, they're 16, 17, 18 years old. You oh, ask any adult, ask any of us back then that we knew exactly what we wanted to do and we ended up in that field. That's mm-hmm. not the point of higher education. I think that our job is we soften that conversation to say, what are some biases that you have, some preferences that that you find interesting perhaps that might end up to be a label called a major or profession perhaps not um and in the u.s because i know that like uk system you know you do have to apply to a certain major or program u.s the most popular major is undecided undeclared we even have colleges wow it is because stats statistics here they know Freshman students starting college will change their majors more than three times during their college years. Oh, so we pin them against a corner to say, oh, you're supposed to know where, you know, you're supposed to know your majors. So claim, claim one, guess, claim one. But then college admissions will say, oh, you're allowed, you have this flexibility to change. Um, the university, university of Chicago has a major called big problems. That's the major name. How and cool. So have a lot of, um, colleges creating interdisciplinary majors because they know our young people, they're folding in things. They want to fold in physics with a psychology and art into one program. And so we call them interdisciplinary majors. So colleges are um, acclimating to how our young people are absorbing information. And I think, again, knowledge as parents, like, oh, that's not how it was when we grew up. Exactly. And I think, I mean, maybe that's that's sort of one thing that the UK could take a leaf out of, you know, 
your book, because at the minute we sort of, you know, it's, oh, I mean, I, I'm case in point. I went in um, doing systems analysis and after three days, I was lucky enough to swap onto something. I took, I took one look at everyone and well, this ain't my tribe and was able to move. But this is why our dropout rates are so high, I think, is the fact that you suddenly realize, Ah, I was good at it at school, but it, I'm not really enjoying it any longer. And to be able to have that flexibility, I think, um, would be really helpful. But I, maybe, you know, th- things are changing. I appreciate that, but probably not a, a fast enough rate. Oh, how could we keep up, right? I mean, even day to day, just the technology in our home, we're like, oh my gosh, things are like moving so quickly. Um, and the thing too, it's if our student is truly just uncertain do not push the college track, especially like a UK system um, where they say you need to be ready. You need to be ready to choose a program. Then why are we making them choose a path where they might veer off? I mean, think about the money. I mean, the investment in time and money. Totally. And so we could slow down that pace and say, wait, there are other options that we can start off. Um, we're not on, are we in a race? And I think, again, our generation, there was a sort of international race of, you know, who can get our spaceships up in, in the air, you know, com- and we're comparing with different countries. It's not the case as much now. Um, so I always, I'm so opposite and rebellious to college admissions, even though I'm the college counselor, like slow it down because we want to make sure that their starting point builds confidence. Yeah. And the the certainty that they they will complete within the four years or three years for UK because it's our money and time, as well. So, but so so let's just take it sort of back a bit because um, I hear so many parents sort of say you know to their kids you know who are we have we call them GCSEs you know in the sort of the middle school. Um, and it's just a, do a broad area of stuff so you can keep all your options open, um, which I think is sort of probably good to an extent. But I mean, is is that the right advice to kids, or or you know, I mean, what what advice should we should we be giving to our kids in middle school, or is it just you know just keep it sort of fairly nondescript? Or what about those kids that do want to feel at a young age that I've always wanted to be a doctor, or I've always wanted to be in the army or whatever it is what do we say what do we say to those kids well I, I do think so let's say separate the, the children that really have this focus um so those who are just like I don't know I just want to be a yeah. child yeah and it's exactly. like let's celebrate childhood so for 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 me in, in the through middle school it's throw them everything that they and see what sticks so it's an experiment for parents right what it, so for like my daughter, it's reading, writing, guitar. I didn't know that right away. We just kind of threw these, you know, resources. She plays soccer. She does uh, martial arts and she finds joy. She's dumped a couple. Yeah. And so she's just experimenting with life. I do feel that by the time they're sophomore, junior, senior in high school, we're going to see some sort of preference. Yeah. Okay. Right? We're going to narrow those things down and they're going to really be committed and loyal to a couple of things. Now for those, so that's, that's the majority of us, you know, in terms of we have the, you know, the generalized child. And then there are some kids that do, they do have a narrow interest. And I like to, I like to parallel it like a hypothesis, a hypothesis. In research, we develop a hypothesis, like a guess. I think the results will be this way. But our job as researchers is not to prove it right. It's always to prove it wrong. 
right? We're constantly testing to say, oh, the hypothesis failed, so I have to develop a new one. And I think parenting is very similar to that. So if a student says, I really love Legos, they've been built, they, they, they put the fork in the socket because they're so curious about electricity <laughs> and they've got Legos everywhere. These are like my engineers. I don't, did you do that, Kai? I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I'm a lot worse. <laughs> oh <my Yeah>. <laughs> I feel bad for your parents, but curiosity. Right? <laughs> and so you see this trend of, I'm, gonna, I'm just for now, for the sake of simplicity, the engineers. And you feed them the resources of, let's test this out until it's not interesting anymore. Oh, okay, so yeah. as a parent, I would find these resources and say, well, what do you think about this program? What do you think about this kind of project that I've heard someone do or a collaborative project. So there, again, the, it's infinite resources on how you can test that quote unquote hypothesis or interest until it falls out. And then it, it may involve, it may evolve into something else. Well, Oh, it wasn't engineering. It was actually product design. I love designing and there's an artistic sense to that. And so you just go with that twist and turn. And so then maybe as a high schooler, it's nope, I want to do both. Because that's yeah. our team, they don't want to be in silos. They don't want to just do this one thing. They say, through this experience of engineering, product design, and art, I'm going to do all three, and now I'm going to create a video game. Yeah. <laughs> right? Oh, wow. And so we just need to be flexible. We just need to be empathetic, don't we? And, yeah, yeah just to... I guess actually, and it is, it's one thing that I sort of say the whole time is that our team knows best and it's to be guided by them because they're going through a very different world than we are. Um, I, I just I just remember the first day of um, his sort of secondary school, Jack just sort of sat there and went, oh. and I went, you're meant to be really excited. And he went, he said, it's just too much. And I sort of said, well, what, what are you going to do? And his first choice was, he just sort of said, I'm going to ditch all my extracurricular activities because this is too much. And that's when I realized, oh, my word, I am just so, I have overwhelmed this child. You know, yeah. as a bit like sort of throw everything at them and sort of see what sticks is a bit like, I think that the better approach would have been try this and see. And then, no, okay, try this. And it, it is, it's being able to, adapt to their changes because it's a they're a long time at school aren't they and things it's not the end of the world if they sort of shift tech a tiny bit so not and I think like for this conversation with Jack if he just says you know because there's some students that they want to take it all at once yeah right and then there might be this the, you know they hit rock bottom and say I need to I want to take a break and yeah. for, for a parent to say then do that yeah. I support you. Take that break. Why don't we give a like a, a, a four week break yeah. and then we can and I can see how I can help you because it empowers on this pick on Jack to say I can make this decision and the world hasn't been destroyed or my life isn't destroyed. Well, no, exactly right. He's he's now 27, bless him. So he's out oh, wow. the other side. He's out the other yeah. side and survived. And and but I do remember twitching and thinking, but if he turns his nose up at this and if he doesn't do that, he's you know, and I was permanently going back to what we were talking about, I was permanently guided by the college on needing to see all these things that he's doing. And he just went, you know, really early on. Uh, uh, I ain't doing this. 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and I had to accept that because it was just, it, it wasn't serving him. It wasn't, you know, the best for him. So, and yet, do you know what, Sonia, they do tend to come out the other side all right, don't they? Sure you know, do. Um, and and invariably take their their, their path um, that they always knew that they well maybe not the path that they knew they were going to take but the path that they needed to but with parent intervention or not. <laughs> so I think we just have to respect that that it's actually it's not our journey. It's not our you know they they have to deal with the results of decisions that they make not the ones that we enforce on them. That very question is pivotal. And that is something I've always carried with me in college admissions. I constantly question, is it their journey though? Are we allowing the adults supporting our that teen? Is it their journey? Constantly questioning it every day. Because sometimes we forget, we go off tangent yeah. and accidentally have us be part of that journey. Yeah. So, me ask that and and if I may just as we go into online learning or interesting learning experiences in the next couple weeks I always just want to ask myself I'm on my daughter's on my daughter's team I'm not on the schooling team right I'm not reacting to what the school is expecting of my child I'm always like I'm on your team let's see what schooling looks like what is it that you need from me because I want it to be your journey like that's the whole triangle of it all that's that's yeah and I think that's what many parents are beginning to understand especially having done a bit of homeschooling and realizing that it's not actually cut and dried and the fact that it's not all about the grades it's all about the person that's coming through the other side right yes my darling Thank you so much. I could talk about this all day. (laughs) Seriously, that's the thing, isn't it? Is but it's. I think it is. Is just us being able to just open the door and give insight to parents to say, do you know what? You're probably doing exactly what you need to, and it's all right for things to change a bit, and it's all right for us not quite to know what we should be doing. Um, But you know, it's as long as we're we're supporting our kids. I think that's the main thing with the best of visit intentions. Yes. And I just say in terms of, again, like the work that you're doing as well is having parents build that village where we can release ourselves and be frustrated and scared and then learn these tools and strategies. So then we can go into our homes and say, I'm calm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that energy, frustration and fear is not part of our family unit. It's part of the village that we create on our own training sessions and villages so then we can be the the best parents that we can be. And that's all that we can do, isn't it? That's right. Thank you, Amazing. Thank you so much. I I will put all your details um, and and your program um, sort of descriptions and things into the show notes so that people know where to get hold of you um, if they choose to do so. But I so appreciate this is very current at the minute. So thank you so much. So welcome and thank you as well because you're uplifting me as a parent coach and all yeah, of the programs. We're all, we're in it all together, as you say. It takes a village, and I think I think we've created a, a, a super little village that, that that we have together. So thank you so much for being part of that. You're welcome. All right. Well, you have a good one. Thank you so much indeed. Thanks so much for listening to this entire podcast. If you want to help other parents looking for support, then please share this with your friends and family. 
because if you find this podcast useful, then they will too. So please share via your social media. If you have any parenting questions, then please give me a shout through my email, which is toolbox at kygraham.com. And I may even use your question as a future podcast episode. If you want to connect, please come and join me on Instagram. Just search for Kai Graham. Also, could you do me a favour, please? Parenting teenagers can feel very confusing and isolating at times. And I believe that it takes a village to raise a child. And we are here to support one another. I'd love it if you would leave a review on iTunes. And a good one, by the way. (laughs) Because when you do, it lets more parents out there know that there is support for them too. Thank you. And as always, this comes with much love.